Welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I'm Brad Mason. I'm here again with my lovely wife, Natasha Mason. Hello, hello. And we are back for another episode. Um, I've lost count, so I don't know where we're at. We're over the 60s and probably into the 70s mark. I have no clue. Um, but we're still going on and we're enjoying doing the podcast for you. We appreciate everyone listening. Uh, we thank you for uh, taking the time out of your day just to give us 20, 25 minutes of your day um, to kind of share some of the things that are on our heart, some things from the gospel, some things from the word of God that maybe you've never heard, you never knew, um, and to really help you become an abnormal Christian. I think uh, our desire is to continue on to grow in the wisdom and the knowledge of the Lord as that makes us uh, especially odd and weird to the rest of the Christians that are around us. Um, you're going to often find that um, we want to measure ourselves against the Word of God and not so much against what someone else tells us. Um, and, and I'm not against uh, you know having a, a pastor or a preacher or someone to sit under to learn from. That's absolutely wonderful if you have those opportunities. Um, but we have this responsibility as believers on our own to know what the Word of God says. Um, and if we're not taking that opportunity to learn or to read or to study, um, then really are we following after Messiah like we say we are? Um, so that brings us kind of to today's episode, and we're really going to be looking at something here that I was thinking about today, was on my mind, and then I kind of dig, did a little digging in the Scripture and the Word of God, found some things that kind of uh, solidified what I was thinking. So what I really was thinking, and, and um, we'll we'll go with the topic, or the title of this episode will be, um, Did Jesus Sin? Did Jesus Sin? So that's going to be the topic of this. So off top of our head, I would ask you, did Jesus sin? I'll just ask Natasha here. No, he was right. without sin. So he is without sin. So we know this, and I think this is a common idea in Christianity that we have, that Jesus never sinned. Um, so what we want to do is I'm going to present something, um, a scripture from Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. We're going to look at that, and then we're going to talk about um, the application of this verse. So if you wouldn't mind reading that for me and give us the location and all. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he hath made him to be for be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. All right, so 2 Corinthians 5.21. Um, really, if you, I'm, we're using the King James Version here. Um, it says, for he hath made him to be sin for us. Um, anytime, and I want to give you a little, if you got a King James Version, you're reading that. Anytime you see italics, those are words that were added to make the sentence coherent. Those words do not appear in the original text. So in this verse, it would really say, for he hath made him sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made, uh, made, made the righteousness of God in him. So um, when we're looking at this, now he's saying, and, and, and I'm going to give you the question again, did Jesus sin? No. But what did it say God did here? For he hath made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin. Right. So the reason I bring this up is because there's a couple uh, in the Word of Faith movement, there's a couple big pastors, uh, Kenneth Copeland, Joel Osteen, um, Stephen Furtick. Um, there is uh, Benny Hinn. There's, there's, a, there's a group in, in this Word of Faith movement, and I don't know if Furtick's in the Word of Faith, but he's definitely not in the Word. <clears throat> is it Furtick or Futrick? Futrick, I don't know. I say his name wrong all the time because <laughs> it aggravates me. I don't know. And there's probably no R in the end there. So anyway, um, they're all in the Word of Faith movement. So Kenneth Copeland, uh, he believes and he teaches that Jesus became sin on the cross, that our sin, that he actually became a sinner on the cross. And he says this is why God had to look away from him. You remember 
Jesus cries out, Father, why have you forsaken me? Um, and so Kenneth Copeland says that's because on the cross, Jesus became sin. He became everything that we've sinned. All our sin was in him, and he was now a sinner on the cross who was being crucified. Um, Benny Hinn says the same thing. Um, Kenneth, I just say Kenneth Copeland. Benny Hinn says the same thing. Um, Furtick. I can't say his name Futric. right. Futric. <laughs> Stephen Futric Elevation. He, say, he even goes further, guy. right? So he goes even further. Uh-huh. He even claims, and I played the video for Natasha. You can find this on YouTube. Just type in his name, Futric, um, and look, God broke the law. Just type that in. You're going to get a video of him actually preaching a sermon where he says that God broke the law for love. He says that God himself broke the law for love. Um, and now the question I ask Natasha is... Um, what is violating God's law? What do we call that? When you violate God's law, it's called sin. Sin. Um, and what is a sin? It is the violation, violation of God's, God's law. law. So to make the claim that God broke the law means that God sinned. That God sinned. So uh, Stephen Furtick, Futrick, whatever you want to call yourself, <laughs> I'm not ever going to say it right. I'm never going to get it. <laughs> I always want to put an R in there for some reason. But anyway, um, he is basically saying he preached that God sinned. He preached that God sinned. He broke his own law. Now, we know in the, in the, in the New for Testament. Love. Yes, for It doesn't matter what it was for. It wouldn't matter if it was. It wasn't, wouldn't matter. You're going to claim that the holy, righteous God, the holy king who made everything, the one who was proclaimed holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Um, you're going to proclaim. You're going to stand up and you're going to say that he broke the law for love, that he sinned for love. This is the claim that they're making is that Well, his yes. example was that if your kid got hurt and you break the law speeding to get him to the emergency room. Sure. Yeah, let's take a uh, omniscient um, um, omnipotent all-powerful God and let's debase him down to human level to say that because we don't have any control um, in a in a bad situation, he must not either. So where we would lose control and violate man's law, God will do the same thing and violate his own law. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, I think a, a speeding law is a little bit different than God's law. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's crazy because in the same sermon he made out that, you know, the law of God is good, but then God breaks his own law. So he, he basically said God is a sinner. If you didn't know that, you can look it up. You don't, don't take my word for it. Go on YouTube. Yeah, we're uh, not, we didn't put no. that phrase in his no, mouth No, I did all. not make him say And he said a lot of other crazy things too. But the real point of this is to get down to the ultimate question of the whole thing. Did Jesus, when we say, because I've heard this, and not just from these men, but I've heard preachers say this before, that Jesus became our sin, that he took all our sin upon him, that he, uh, you know, in some cases that... I, all of our sin was laid on him. and But he was the sacrifice for our yeah, sin. Yeah, see, you're, you're saying that, but I don't know if we can back that up. So let's see if we can back that up. So what okay. we got okay. is we've got a lot of different scripture verses that uh, I have printed out because there's so many different things. Verses, there's a lot of scripture here to cover. If you want to take notes on it to go back and look, I, I would encourage you to do that. Start with Second uh, Corinthians 5.21. Go read that one for yourself. Um, but really when it comes to the sacrifice, right? Because this is what Jesus was. Uh, he was the sacrifice of God for mankind. And we're going to look at uh, Exodus 12 and 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep, 
or from the goat. So the, the, the sacrifice that God had required was supposed to be a lamb that was without blemish. Now we know that the scriptures calls uh, Jesus the lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. He's the lamb of God who takes, this is what John says, that behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So we see him and his role as a lamb. We also know in Hebrews to Corinthians, it talks about him being our Passover sacrifice. He's our Passover lamb. So in order for him to be a sacrifice for our sins, he would have to be blameless. He would have to be spotless, which means he himself could not have ever sinned. So now we're going to look at uh, John 8 and 46. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? So he's in this instance, he's, he's being questioned about what he's preaching. And he's saying, who's, who's here is accusing me of sin? Who, who is saying that I'm sinning? If I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? Because you know I'm not sinning. I'm not sinning. I'm telling you the truth. Why aren't you believing it? So let's go to Luke. And Luke has a lot here to say in chapter 23. So uh, 23 verse 4. Then said Pilate to the chief priest and to the people, I find no fault in this man. Right. So he's being accused uh, before Pilate. Remember, the accusation is that Jesus, Yeshua himself, had violated the law. This is what they're accusing him before Pilate, is that he, he's doing away with the law. He's broken the law. These are the same things that, that we hear a lot today, mm-hmm. that the law is done away with. It was thrown away. It doesn't matter anymore. They're accusing him of that. And Pilate's saying once, he said, I, um, you know, I find no fault in this man. Luke twenty three fourteen said unto them, ye have brought this man unto me as one that perverteth the people. And behold, I, having examined him before you, have found no fault in this man touching those things whereof ye accuse him. Again, there. This is Pilate. This is the second time he's saying you're 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 bringing him in here and you're saying he's perverting the people with his teachings that he's wanting to violate your law. And I find nothing wrong with this man. There's nothing in here that you're accusing him of. Luke twenty three verse twenty two. And he said unto them the third time, Why? What evil hath he done? I have found no fault. I have found no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. So he was going to do exactly what the uh, the high priest in the, in the temple had done before, where they they you know we see this in the book of Acts where they tell Peter and Paul and them don't preach in the name of this Jesus. You get out of here. Or the next time we catch you. So Paul uh, Pilate here is doing the same thing. He's saying I find no fault in this man. There's nothing wrong with anything he's doing. There's nothing wrong that he said. He hasn't violated any of your laws. I'm just going to chastise him, which means he's basically going to say, stop aggravating these people um, and let him go. Um, then we come to Luke uh, 23, 41. And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. So basically what he's saying here is, is we, reser- we receive uh, the, uh, the reward of what we do. If we do bad or good, we reap that. But this man had done none of these things. He hasn't got any of these things heaped on him. I don't know why we have to crucify him because he's done nothing wrong according to your law. First, uh, Luke 23, verse 47. Now, when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. So the centurion, this is the man who's uh, crucified him, nailed him to the tree. And he sees the things that are done. And he, even he is able to acknowledge that they have crucified a righteous man. Not a man who became sin. Not a man who uh, turned into a sinner on the cross. Not a man who was deserving to die. Um, he sees him for being the righteous man that he is. Uh, now we're going to jump over to Acts chapter 3, verse 14. 
But ye denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. So he's talking here. You remember they, they were, give us... Um, the man in prison and, and crucify him, but set the criminal, go set the murderer free and, and crucify him. And he's saying, now, why would he call him holy and just if he had become sin on the cross? Why would he say he was holy and just if he turned into a sinner on the cross? This is honestly, and, and I know this sounds crazy, but this is a doctrine that people are teaching that Jesus, even, even Futrick, look, I said his name right. Oh. Even he preaches that Jesus was not sinless. He even preaches this. Um, and it is a perversion of, the gospel, and there's a reason we'll get to at the end here, but we've got to understand, listen, you've got to know the word of God. And, and I don't like, um, and I'll tell you up front, I don't like just reading single verses from a passage. You know that. I like to read the whole chapter. You like to, context. Right. I want to stay in context, but there's so much scripture here um, that, that it would take us a couple of hours to get through it all. So we're just kind of moving around. Now we're going to look at 1 Peter 1.19. But with the precious blood of Christ... As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Uh, wait a minute. He just said it right there. We're, this is how we're saved with, by the precious blood of Christ, who was a lamb without blemish and without spot, which means if there's no spot in him, there was never any sin in him at any time from his life to his death. He never had sin in him. First Peter 2, 22. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Again, he did no sin. There was no hateful things in his mouth that would have been considered sin. Christ was sinless. 1 Peter 3.18 For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. So he suffered. Now, here, this is really getting at the heart of what's going on on the cross. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins. He suffered for the sins that we do. He suffered for the sins that we have. He suffered for the sins of the world, but he did not himself become sin. He didn't, we've got to get away from this idea, this ridiculous mentality that because he is our sacrifice, he himself bore and became all my sin. He didn't become all my sin. He did not ever become my sin. What he was was the holy lamb of God who was slain. You know why God turned away from him is because he, he couldn't bear to see his holy son that he loved being crucified and killed by his own creation. That's why he turned away. It wasn't because he became sin and God was embarrassed and turned his face. It's, you know, for, these guys want to take these children, you know, I remember I took my kid to the doctor, first, uh, my daughter, um, when I had, first kid I ever had, took her to the doctor, had to get some immunizations. I, you want to, we're going to make a human. And I'll make it human. And I remember they, they whipped out the needle and they went to stick it in her leg and I had to turn my head because I didn't want to see it. And then she cried and I got angry. And I know it wasn't the doctor's fault. The doctor was giving her the shot she needed. But I couldn't bear, I didn't want to bear, it's tough to watch her be in pain. And every parent feels that in the human sense. Now we can say that God is, we know when we sin, God is angry. Doesn't the scripture teach us that? God is angry with the wicked. He's, his, he's This anger is kindled against those who don't stand in his word. Now, how mad, how angry do you think he was on the day? How hurt do you think he was on the day that Christ was crucified? The holy, perfect, blameless son of God being raised up on a cross and put to death by the very creation that God himself made. The very things that he made are killing his son. And he's angry against us because of sin, but we're going to think that he turned his head because Jesus, be no, that had nothing to do with it. Here, Jesus suffered once for our sins. So let's, uh, we're going to look at First uh, John 3, 5. Let's see what that says. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, 
And in him is no sin. So he could take away our sins. He could wash our sins away and still be sinless himself. That's what he did. It wasn't that he had to become like us as far as sinners go. It's because his blood is the blood of God. See, this is the thing. This is where Kenneth Copeland and all these guys are absolutely incorrect and wrong. It had to be the sacrificial lamb of God, the blood of God that is shed to wash away the sins of the world. It is by his blood that we have been redeemed and we have been made right with God. If he had been sinful, then it would not have worked. If he had become our sin, then he would not have been able to do that. His blood would have been tainted. Where would the purification come from? Exactly. It's by his righteousness that I'm made righteous. It's not the other, it's not this exchange. And I think that's what they get in their head, that there's an exchange, that he took our sins and gave us his righteousness. No, that's not it at all. We're made righteous because of him. We're made righteous because of his righteousness. It has nothing to do with me. I didn't earn it. I didn't do anything for it. He just gave it to me. He, he imparted his righteousness upon me that I didn't deserve. And so when we look at it, this is, you, you, you debase, I think you debase and you take away from the, um, the preciousness of what was done there when you say, well, oh, he was just like me. There you go. He became a sinner. You're taking away the, the faultless, the humility. You're taking away all of that on the most precious man who ever lived, who didn't deserve a thing that he got. He didn't deserve to die on that cross for our sins. He took it upon himself to do it, but he didn't deserve it. And we're going to look at two more verses and then we we'll close this out. So Hebrews chapter four, verse 15. For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. There he is. So he's tempted as we are. He understands what we're going through, but he himself never sinned. Hebrews chapter seven, verse 26. For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. So there he is. So now he's talking about made higher than the heavens here at the end. So that's after he's crucified. So he is, he's holy, he's harmless, he's undefiled, he's separate from sinners. He did not become a sinner to sanctify us. And, you know, it, it's frustrating because we live in this idea in this world where we want to take God and we want to make him into uh, make him into us. We want to turn him into us. We want to take our limitations as human beings and we want to put it on God. And we want to say, well, um, you know, if, if he did this, then if, if humans do this, so does God. And what happened was I read Kenneth Copeland. He said he read 2 Corinthians 5.21, and he didn't really understand it. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And he said he prayed about it, and one night, he, I guess he had a dream or something, and God told him that's because Jesus became sin. And then he started teaching this, this theology to people, this idea that Jesus became the physical embodiment of all. Uh, and actually, I'm going to go even a little bit further. He actually says he takes on the nature of Satan. To be honest with you, that's what Kenneth Copeland and Benny or teaching is that Jesus, when he was on the cross, he became sin, which means he took on the nature of Satan himself, which is that that's not in the Bible. That doesn't exist. That's not a thing. I don't know where they come up with these crazy ideas, but the reason we, we talk about this, the reason we cover the scripture is so that we can remember who our, our, who our sacrifice was and what he, what he was about and what it was for. You know, um, Jesus himself 
was a holy and righteous man who didn't deserve what he got, but he had that God had this plan the whole time, so from the foundation of the world, um, that he would offer up a sacrifice to redeem mankind. Now, if we go back to the sacrifices in the Old Testament, we see the same thing. If they took a lamb to offer it for sacrifice, did the lamb itself become sinful? Did it become sin? No. They would, you know, they offered it up the blood. It didn't catch a blemish on the way. Correct. It did not. Um, because there, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death, and that's the part that this uh, sin in our bodies is going to kill each and every one of us. That's the wages of sin. But the punishment for sin... The punishment, according to the law of God, was that we were to suffer, that we were to to die, or we were whatever the the punishments were under the law. Jesus Christ took them on Himself when He was crucified. He paid my punishment. That's the one thing He did pay for. His His blood and His death should have been mine. I should be nailed to a cross because of how wicked I've been. I should be uh, strung up in the heat of the day. I should be out there between the, the murder and the thief. I should be out there being laughed at. I should be the one with the sign over my head saying, um, you know, look at this guy. Oh, he claims to be something and he's not. I mean, all those things were mine to take. All those things were mine to own. I deserve. If there, you know, people want to argue whether heaven or hell is real. Listen, if the hell is real, I deserve that. You deserve that. We all deserve that. None of us are righteous. None of us could ever uh, come before a whole Holy God and say, well, I'm, let me justify myself. I did all these wonderful things, so I don't deserve that. We absolutely deserve every bit of that. But Christ himself took that on the cross. And when he died, he replaced, he was a propitiation. He was a replacement, a payment for me and my sin. We were bought and we were paid for with a very high price. And it's ridiculous that we would ever take that sacrifice and turn it into something that is not. It's like you're cheapening it. Absolutely, because you're taking away the preciousness of the Lamb of God. You're taking that away and you're trying to spoil it so that we become more important, so that we say we're the most important thing in God's mind. We're the most important thing. Jesus is the most important thing. He will always be the most important thing. Everything God did was for his son, and everything the son did was for his father. They were glorifying one another, and that's what we're supposed to focus on, not on, uh, you know, well, now I've got his righteousness because he took my sin. That's not how that works. So anyway, uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. It's a little bit, uh, a lot of heavy scripture there laden. We had a lot of verses to go over. Um, you can uh, go back through uh, the episode maybe and check out the scripture to make sure we're accurate and you're following along correctly. And we're not feeding you some stuff that's not true uh, because we definitely want to give you the word of God as it is written. Um, if you have an issue or you have a comment you'd like to make, you can email us at theabnormalchristian at gmail.com and we'll try to reply to you as quickly as possible. You can uh, comment on our Facebook page on this uh, audio or on YouTube. This actually does get posted to YouTube, so uh, you can listen there. Um, but anyway, we hope you've enjoyed, and uh, we will catch you again another time. Bye.